You're listening to Real Folk with me, Joe Burke. My guest here today in Custard HQ in Folkestone is the wonderful Joff Summerfield. Hello, lovely to be here. Thank you very much for coming in. Now, I was just saying, just before we started recording, I was just saying that um, I do actually know Joff, but uh, part of the reason that I'm doing these podcasts is because people often meet people or know people and they know one aspect of their life. And I uh, know Joff from Greenwich Market, where I used to sell my books, and uh, Joff used to sell um, Potnotch, which if you don't know That's what right. that is, explain, Joff. Uh, Potnotch pot <laughs> is a, uh, it's an amazing thing. Uh, it's like a it wooden is. plank with notches in it, which sounds rubbish, but you put flower pots in and it's to replace your hanging baskets. On the televisual box, uh, somebody had shared uh, a question from, was it The Chase? The Chase, yeah. What did Joff Summerfield travel around the world on or in? And The, the choices were well, yeah, Sherman sorry. Tank. Um, <laughs> I can't remember the second one. Um, was it a hovercraft? Hovercraft, yes. Yeah. A hovercraft or a penny farthing. Yes. And to the delight of the listener, which one was it, Joff? Yeah, it, well, the, <laughs> the, uh, the lady guessed the Sherman Tank. Did which, she, yeah, did yeah. She? Which, is, which, which certainly will be next time. It's um, I've got the world out already and started, started welding away. But um, the actual truth was uh, Penny Farthing. Penny Farthing. So Joff, amazingly, and the other thing I didn't realise as well is you actually made it. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I started making them. Um, well, it came around uh, when I decided to go around the world one of these things. I, I like making things. So I made the first one and did the website and um, then someone asked me to make them one. And it became an unexpected business. I've probably made about 60 of them in total. Have you? What sort of people buy a penny farthing? Well, originally it was people who had an original bike and they wanted to do longer day rides. But the original bikes have historic value. They're 120 years old. And if you do have an accident on them, it's a big accident. So they wanted a penny farthing that they could use would be reliable. And it was they were the people originally. Um, now, though, it's more kind of people who are bike nuts, um, just love bikes and probably less interested in the history. But thought, oh, I've got a penny farthing, fantastic. Yeah. And they can ride it and they can ride it long distances and have great fun on them. Yeah. I mean, I must admit, I can't remember ever seeing someone just rolling around the streets on one. No? And where, <laughs> where do you keep them? That's the um, thing, well, at it? the moment, in, in my bedroom. Right. And uh, yeah, so I've got Big two, two yeah, yeah, two at the end of the bed. So um, very important. So <laughs> You could probably make a bed out of one. Well, you could. Yeah, that's it. I've slept with them as well. Wow. So, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So let's start at the beginning because what I thought was how on earth did you a get interested in those and then obviously I'm assuming that you have some sort of technical background and I did do a little bit of research and I, I know where your background mm -hmm. came from but obviously listeners won't and, and maybe people that know you don't know that side of you either so your background is actually in Formula One it wasn't it? That's it yeah so I, I grew up in a in a motor racing family so um we used to go racing all the time rather than go on holiday, which I was really happy about. Yeah. And my mum wasn't so keen, but um, <laughs> but um, but she was smiling at the tracks. So, um, yes, I grew up on all the racetracks. And as soon as I, I could, then I started racing. So at 18, I was sort of racing around Silverstone, and, um, which was fantastic. And um, and that was that was everything. And then as soon as I, I didn't go to uni or anything like that, but 16, I left and then started working for engine builders, so race engine builders, and ended up spending uh, five years working in Formula One for a company called Brian Hartz. Um, and we used to supply Arrows, Minardi, Jordan when they first started as well. Wow. And um, yeah, and then started working for myself because um, my goal would always been to work for myself doing the race engines and all of a sudden after having a like, very nice salary which I did spend all on the race car and yeah. um, and uh, suddenly I didn't have a salary and so for that holiday that year I thought I oh, know I've, I've cycled to Amsterdam 
and was never a cyclist, you know, and, um, and but had an old uh, pre-war BSA paratroopers bike, um, which is something they used to, the paratroopers use and to to um, to drop with and go off and shoot Germans, I suppose. And um, yeah, and relay messages. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so um, I rode that to Amsterdam and had a fantastic time and um, had a bit of an epiphany and yeah. um, thought, this is how I'm going to see the world on a bicycle. And um, but I always like making things. So I thought, well, the best thing I can do is make my own bike. But I thought, a mountain bike? Oh, I don't want a mountain bike or a touring bike. That's a bit boring. So the silliest thing I could think of was a penny farthing. <laughs> so I went to a museum, um, saw how they were made, and sort of measured them all up, made the first one, and um, and totally over-engineered it. This thing, was, it was like a tank, actually. Really? And, um, but I rode that to Paris for the Millennium Celebrations. Amazing. And so how long did that take you to get to Paris? Uh, it took uh, about six days, I think it was. And and I arrived literally um, at the Arc de Triomphe at sort of 10.30, um, out of food, out of water, uh, absolutely exhausted. Um, and everyone started handing me um, sort of booze and champagne, oh, and like, wow. which is fantastic. So I was... I was uh, drunk as a skunk in about two minutes flat. Wow, and, and well um, deserved. Yeah, yeah, and it was great. It was great though. I had a really good good night there. So, yeah. um, which is which is fun. Wow, that's amazing. So, so Amsterdam not on a penny farthing, Paris on a penny farthing. That's it. Yeah. So then that then that must have given you the bug then to do more on the old penny farthing. Yeah. So after that, so I learned like big lessons then because I, as soon as I started riding it on the on a distance, all fully loaded, all my kit, because I had no experience of of traveling with lightweight gear or anything. Yeah. So I took more kit that I almost like the kitchen sink as well. Yeah. And so the thing weighed a ton. And How do you um, even, because obviously normal bikes, I've got, Phil hates my bike. I've got a real old lady bike. It's not a sit up and beg, but it's very similar. Um, and it's got obviously the pannier thing. Mm-hmm. So, but do they, do they make panniers for a penny farthing well, or did you have to fashion that uh, for yourself? Well, well, it's again, how there's no instruction books. So like how to build the bike, there's no instruction books. There's no how to travel with it because no one's traveling with them at all. Right. Um, so what I started was with was, was putting um, the standard panniers either side of the small rear wheel. And that kind of worked and, and a big bar bag and carrying sort of backpack. Um, it kind of worked, but it does get a shimmy uh and later on i went to a trailer and made a trailer for it and that worked okay but the extra weight was a bit of a pain um but then i finally ended up um years later after lots of experimentation was having two front small bike front panniers one behind the seat and one below it and that that's the best way of doing it and a bar bag yeah Um, any cameras and stuff you have to carry in your backpack because there's solid tyres on the bike, there's no no air in the tyres, so you feel all the bumps and vibrations. Mm-hmm. So you have to carry cameras and anything like that in your back. To, so you, so can, you can cushion you can them. do that thing you do as a kid the whole way around. That's it. It's great fun on cobbles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> be great here. Up well, you're down the hill outside. Well, you can see me flying past. We wouldn't better stop. So. <laughs> have you been down here on it? Not no 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 no. That would that I would probably. Well, I could do it once, but you um, pick up a lot of speed as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a soft landing in the in the harbour. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. So you've, I mean, it's really incredible because not only to make, well, to do the journeys on it, I can't even imagine suddenly going, oh, I don't know, I'm going to 
do you have on the world? What should I do on a bike? Yes, but not an ordinary bike. Well, actually, and I've said the word ordinary bike, and one of the things when I was doing my little bit of research, dear listener, um, they used to be called a large-wheeled ordinary bike. Yeah, because they were exactly that. They were the ordinary type bikes. Which is hilarious. Yeah. yeah. They couldn't be more extraordinary if they tried. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, and the penny farthing was actually like a slang sort of comical term for them oh. that was in one of the newspapers. So um, at the time, and uh, most people know them as penny farthings yeah. now. So the general sort of... Um, person on the street would call it a penny farthing, yeah. and, and that's international as well, which is amazing. And it's um, which, and I call them that. So yeah. It's, um, and the the normal type diamond frame when they came out, and um, they were called safety bikes because they were just so much safer than right. the penny farthings. So, ah. um, so uh, but the penny farthings only really had ten years of the maximum popularity, and then when the modern type bike came out, yeah, um, they were finished overnight, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, but I mean, they're just gorgeous. They're so gorgeous. Oh, the aesthetics are, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I mean, the aesthetics are just beautiful things. They're really? beautiful things, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really amazing. And then back to the travel. So, so you done Amsterdam on a normal, very ordinary bike. Uh, then Paris on the old penny farthing for the first time, That's it. and then so so what did what did you think? Right, okay, the world next, or did you think somewhere well, a I had, bit shorter distance? Yeah, well, I had to because after the Paris thing, I learned so much about travelling on the pennies um, from that trip. And I knew I had to make a new bike um, because that was so heavy. In fact, on the way to Paris, I um, I sat in this little kind of uh, t- tiny little cheap hotel and wrote, had to write down because I knew I couldn't ride around the world on this particular bike because it was too heavy and um, and sketched out the designs yeah. and everything. And um, right, this is how I'm going to do it. So by the time I got back, I started making a newer one, the newer, lighter, stronger one, took all the lessons and I did Land's End to John O'Groats on that one. So um, did that. That was uh, three weeks it took me. Three weeks. And um, I zigged and zagged a bit. So it's yeah. eleven eleven hundred miles, I think it was. So yeah. it's um, and and again that that broke again that that broke. But that's that's how you test stuff. Yeah. So you've got to do the shorter <laughs> trips to find out where are the weak points. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have to break it. So breaking it is a good thing. So right, um, yeah. And then I learned again a lot about the bikes um, just from that trip. And again, that's when I started the website and someone asked me to buy one. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, that's okay. unexpected. Yeah. So, um, and then sort of started very, only very occasionally sort of making a few for other people as well then. Yeah. And what's the website called that you... Uh, well, the, my main website is pennyfarthingworldtour.com. And it's um, super interesting. So I was having a little wander around on that today and looking at all the, the press clippings. And yeah, the loads of pictures stuff. on there. Or on Instagram. Beautiful. Just, um, yeah. yeah just, really worth having a, a little... Right, right around that, <laughs> if you will. So, so then you did John O'Groats. So that's what. What do you do overnight? Where do you stay? Well, this, and manage this, to keep it overnight. Yeah, I mean, because I have to travel so light with my yeah. uh, kit, even compared to a normal cyclist. So a normal yeah. touring cyclist, where the the two front bags either side of the uh, the front wheel and the two bigger ones behind the rear wheel. The two rear ones, I don't have those, so I've just got the front bags essentially. Yeah. So you have to travel really light. So I, I again, I experimented with bivy bags, mm. um, just a which literally a waterproof bag you curl up in under a tree, yeah, and um, and lightweight tents. So literally, I just free camp all the time. Right. So I mean, you get like a bit of a radar for it. Um, mm. The land in John O'Groats trip, all I did then because that was the f- sort of the first one in the in the summer as well. Um, I just knocked on farmers' doors or looked at, like, that's got a big house, that'll have a big garden, and knock on the door, and you stand, they answer the door, and you're standing there with a penny farthing. And you say, hey, you know, just, this is what I'm doing. 
You ordered this? Riding, yeah, yeah. <laughs> riding Scotland. Um, I see you've got a pretty got a big garden. Do you mind if I just crash in your garden for the night? And uh, I've got a tent. And Did um, anyone ever say no? Uh, not once, no. No, the whole amazing. country. Uh, every, Isn't amazing? Yeah, and I mean, there's the initial shock, but everyone said yes. And yeah. just you pick farm. When you're in the country, you pick a farm. And it was absolutely lovely. And um, and it was gave me a really good feeling for my own country as well, um, as you travel through, because we all kind of knock our own country, which we can do a bit. Yeah. And um, it wasn't turned away once. Um, wow. And, which was really really nice people people are lovely you know it's um it's everyone's the same they yeah. can see and they um, and i think as well with the bike you automatically look safe um yeah yeah and, well, you don't normally rock up if you're a burglar or an axe murderer no and that's it penny, penny, that's it yeah so it's your you're kind of like uh yeah, you, must you be know right. yeah and, but clearly insane as well oh, absolutely yeah, yeah there's nothing yeah that's that's sanity's <laughs> fine good, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i don't think i stopped anywhere near like a an old <laughs> mental hospital you know sort of maybe they wouldn't let me in then but um <laughs> or but, out. Uh, oh exactly yeah, yeah. so um but uh, no that was, it was great so, so um, what was next after the the john o'groats then so you, you'd broken that one so that was yeah. the, the second one down was it the, yeah that was yeah. The, yeah so the next the next plan was to do the big round the world trip right so um so at the time i was at working in greenwich and um, i wasn't living in london at the time and um so i had a big leaving party in lewisham and but i didn't know how to get from greenwich to lewisham at the time which is i mean it's two it's miles away close, it's very though. close if you don't know <laughs> it's know very close <laughs> and so they had to buy me an a to z and they did a whip round and bought me an a to z how to get to um how to get to lewisham so i had a big seeing a party the next day I, I think i got as far as rochester and i had a problem with my knees oh. uh, on the first day um, which was a disaster and i knew i knew it was called iliotibial band friction syndrome and i knew is that a cyclist problem uh, um yeah runners and things and um i knew it'd be a mistake to try and just go across the channel uh, the next day so i had to come back on the first day which oh. is galling and it's kind of um and uh, and get it fixed. I saw lots of physios and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then it was a year or so before I tried again. And oh. um, and I'm sure people thought he must have chickened out or something. And uh, and it because if you know if I had a broken leg, it would have been much better yeah. because you can walk around with it. You don't even limp. Right. But it's when you but ride that it just has a yeah. spasm in the side of your knee, and you can't you know you can't do it. So the next time um, was a year or so later, and then um, I left from Leicester because there was a big um, bike. Um, event going on there so I left right. them there and I got as far as Budapest so which was a lot lot further a lot time. Further yeah a lot further <laughs> so the second time and but then I had a different problem with my knees um, um, and this was a um, femoral patello syndrome so it's, your, your kneecap doesn't run exactly in line with your with the groove of your knees and right. you get like a like an abscess or something under your kneecap Ooh. and um, so the last 100 miles into Budapest I just sort of ride one leggedly um, can you do that? oh I could yeah 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 as it turned out and um, but that's um that that was okay because it had a big tailwind, so that sort of blew me into there. Right. And, and I rested it for a week or so, and it, there, and it, it was not getting any better. So, so I had to come back again. You came back again. Yeah, right? had an operation and stuff, and saw more physios and what have right. you. And um, yeah, that's that was the so second that's time. Two attempts. That was two attempts. Yes. And um, so I had it in mind that it's going to be third time lucky. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so you have got to try, try, and I'll oh, try again. again that's the other one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, so the third time um, I left, I. I had like special uh, made special pedals for it to match my feet yeah. and wear these special straps around my knees to help it as well and took these special knee pills I got from America which is supposed to sort of help you with dodgy knees so everything I possibly could do yeah I did for did. the first first time and for the third time 
and um, and it worked. It seemed so. It um, I had a few twinges along the way, yeah, but um, but um, but yeah, no, it was it was great, you know. And so, how long did it take you in total? Uh, the second one or third one, sorry, was um, that was two and a half years and twenty two thousand miles that I wow. that I cycled. And um, oh, she can't cycle over the wet bits, but um, no. but um, incredible. Bits. But you just, I mean, you can't take it as a. You look at the picture. You, I mean, I carry it like a map of the world. If you look at it, it just seems like overwhelming. You can't, you can't no. do it. Um, so it's literally yeah. a day or two at a time. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you land in Australia, you know, you're like, right, I'm gonna start trying to draw the line on the map, and you're like, been riding a week. Oh, I can draw my line on there, and it's like, yeah. it's a dot. It's it's you like, join the yeah, 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 and it's um, but you have to because it, it is so overwhelming, and yeah. then you, you you get to the end of your Australia leg, and okay, and um, what did New Zealand after that? But then. Right next is China, and you work out where you're going to go in and where you're going to go out, and that's actually a lot further than the length of Australia, and it's yeah. um, and it's like oh, holy cow. Okay, just just one day, yeah. one day at a time. But um, and did that mean that you had some flexibility, did or did you have a fixed uh, next stop or oh, I'm flexible all the time? Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Be, uh, I mean, I mean, some people love to know like ten days ahead exactly where they're going, what time they're going to be there. Mm. I'm completely flexible because I never, I don't stay anywhere. I mean, hostels in cities. Right. It's good to stay in a hostel. Um, but what just, do you do with the bike then if you're in a hostel? A hostel, they're fine. They're always, you have the bikes in there, yeah, that's no problem at all. But, but does it fit anywhere? I mean, what not, do you... not really. I mean, it's kind of, um, you have you have things where, like in China, where it, the prices drop, so everything's so cheap. Um, you know, once a week you can get a, like a hotel, you know, right. it costs about two quid, you know, yeah. so it's dirt yeah. cheap. But then you know I'm not leaving the bike outside. Of course, not, and no. um, and you just say, "Oh, this is my wife. We we sleep together." You know, and, um, <laughs> has, and has it got a name? Uh, well, it's just the wheel or the wife. The, the wheel, wheel or the, the wife. Wheel yeah, the wine. wheel or the nice. wife. So and um, we'd go everywhere together. So it's, uh, <laughs> so, um, so and you know and normally you just carry it straight in there right. and uh, and by the time they're like uh, uh and it's, oh, it's fine no no problem you know and you kind of learn the did you collapse it then do you take no 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 it's just nothing to collapse no nothing to collapse no no fit inside the big wheel no 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 well <laughs> i mean not, head, it would do that i mean occasionally for flying um when you've got that negotiation um you have to, uh, you have to have that in the in the kind of uh, the background ready to um to, to give in a little bit so they'll let you on the plane with right, it right yeah um but uh, but not just staying somewhere no no, no it's, it's never been a problem it's no. um cool basically when you were doing the you like life in general you go for, take it a day at a time and go one stage at a time when you got to halfway you must have did you have any sort of like little celebration for halfway or well the thing where is you, was halfway? You, um you never really know where halfway is because it because I'm so flexible, you have to, depends, I, I don't know how long it's going to take me no. because of the sea, you kind of chase the summer around the world a little well, that's bit. That's a nice idea. And yeah. I mean, you, you, um, you know, up in Himalayas, then it's, it's cold all year yeah, round. Yeah. So, um, but there's only a certain period you can get through there because it's going to be snowed in. And, uh, um, and <laughs> yeah, and, but you have to, and then Swapping. you have to, you have to kind of look ahead a little bit yeah. to know, well, okay, I'm going to roughly finish this country then. And I fly to there. I don't want to get to their winter when it's the mountains. So you have to have a rough idea. So I, I didn't really know where halfway was. Um, and, you know, it's, it, and I just like that fact. It's just, you know, I'm just, 
rolling on, mm. you know, not spending more money and just, and it's very cheap. It's not, it's not expensive to do. It's like five pounds a day was my budget. Wow. And um, so you can, I mean, some countries you go above that, other countries you'll below it. And, yeah. um, you know, so it's... So how it's, much do you reckon you spent the whole, on the whole journey, for example? Uh, probably on the first one, probably about eight or nine grand probably maybe yeah. a little bit more uh, in the end so yeah. um, I mean because I finished coming back across the states and then back into Europe yeah so then I probably spent a bit more than I should have done yeah. in the states but um but uh yeah just because it's more expensive you know mm. and um but it's yeah it, it's it wax and wanes yeah uh, when I'm just thinking about visas and things do you have to you would have had to have had visas for various different countries. Do you have to put "I'm travelling through" on a penny? Yeah, we, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's quite lucky. I mean, the first one I was going to have to have at the time, well, they just they just changed Serbia because the Olympics were going to be in Greece the next year, I think it was, and right. I think that's right. And um, so that was that was okay, and they were lovely. Um, Turkey, you just get it on the border, which is fine. Right. So because um, a lot of the time, if you get it in advance, it's some date of issue. And if you're not going to be there, exactly, yeah. So the first tricky one, uh, well, the first, well, the first one I actually had a problem with, as it turned out in the end, was the Australian one, which I just did online at the time, which is great. And I just got six months. How long will you be here? Six months. When I was leaving Australia, I had about five days left um, on the visa at the airport, and and um, got the passport over, and they said, "Oh, hmm, can you go and sit down there, please, sir?" Like, oh, that's funny. No, I checked it. I thought I couldn't have time. They said, "Oh, you've overstayed your your visa." Like. No, I haven't. It's six months. But what it was, it, I hadn't read the when they sent it through. I just read six months. Great. And didn't read the rest. And it was a, a six months, but you can only have a block of three months there. You must leave the country. Oh. So um, so banned me for three years to go back to Australia. So it was um, like, oh, sorry. Oh, um, but luckily I, luckily, I was in the airport when they... Um, when they sussed it. Uh, when they sussed it, yeah. So I was leaving, <laughs> I was leaving anyway. So, um, so don't do it again. So yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, um, I won't do it again. Yeah, yeah. But uh, then after that was um, for China and Tibet. Um, so that one, because a Chinese visa was, was for three months, and because I wanted to go into Tibet as well, then that's going to be like six months in the whole whole lot, and you can't extend your visa in Tibet, right? Um, which I kind you know researched that ahead yeah, of time. Yeah. So I went to flew to Hong Kong, and in Hong Kong you can get you just pay an agency, and they'll give you a six month business visa. Okay. And, and but it was actually a dollar, and there was even a booth in the airport doing it as well. Amazing. Um, but I had a few days in Hong Kong just and did it through an agency and yeah. just pay some money, and and they gave me a six month. Um, uh, Chinese visa, and sure. it's, um, but the only thing is in Tibet you mustn't you mustn't get anything checked because you're not supposed to be there. So um, right. so that was that was um, so all the borders, so the border posts between China and Tibet had to go through in the middle of the night when all the border post guards are asleep and okay. um, so which is, which is great it's very exciting I was so, going to say um, it's very thrilling yeah yeah yeah. James Bond. <laughs> oh, yeah yeah and it's and then they have all the checkpoints as well which is kind of cool wow. and um, and again you've got how to how do you sneak past guards on a penny farthing <laughs> we do it very late at night so I mean I had this kind of planned out so you can you can find out because they have like um like stones by the side of the road with the kilometre markers on right. so you know where things are you can kind right. of research where the borders are exactly okay. and I knew where the actual Chinese border was with the road kind of fought I came around the corner and ran straight into them which I hadn't intended to do um, and of course then you mustn't kind of try and backtrack you've got to say hi yeah. and um, and I knew to the south was uh, Yunnan province and and I was just saying oh Yunnan Yunnan that way just you know that's the way I was going to go right. and there was a, like a little like garden shed guest house there yeah and um, so I just stayed in there for the night and ate in the thing and the guards came around they maybe fill out uh, like a form right. just saying where I'm intending going to okay. and, and they couldn't speak English so I was just writing my, Mickey, yeah. my name Mickey Mouse <laughs> and just absolutely nonsense I hadn't a clue but just kept on saying you know yeah and then about 3am 
I just got up and snuck. I mean, it's pitch black because there's no streetlights. And because yeah. um, uh, it's a very rural sort of checkpoint or border post. And then just snuck across the bridge and try not to wake the dogs up because all the dogs start barking. Uh. And um, and try to tippy-tail across. And you can't use any lights because that will set that'll everything, set, off. Set everything yeah. off again yeah, as well. Yeah. And, um, yeah, duck under the barriers and uh, away you go. And wow. um, so, no, it's great when you're in. Then it's kind of a – and it's a weird thing. Once you're past the post, like the communist mentality is – they're told to guard that post, and not, so not they don't care hundred yards either side. Yeah, <laughs> right, okay. so, it's, so if you literally just went, oh, what's that over there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. A bit of distraction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's really interesting how they, how it works like that. And it's, um, I mean, when the convoys were coming through with with the um, the trucks, the army trucks would come yeah. through because there's only one road, and um, you could kind of see or hear them coming. Yeah. So you'd hop off the bike, turn it round, point it back towards China. Get off, have a drink, and wave at them yeah. because they think you're leaving, you're leaving. Tibet. You're leaving, so and let them go past. Care. Yeah, and then once they've gone, um, what a good little tip! And it's great. Yeah, your it penny exactly. around. Yeah, yeah, you want to make people think you're going that way. Um, <laughs> just turn around. Yeah, yeah, just turn the bike around. <laughs> Easy as that. <laughs> so simple. The best things always are, aren't they? That's the thing. Oh yeah, yeah. So if you didn't know when that halfway was, um, you must have known where your where you'd complete. So you um, came back into where did you leave from? Oh, I left from Greenwich Craft Market. Oh, you, uh, oh did you yeah, go yeah, from yeah. the market? Yeah, yeah, I left the market and finished the market as well. Oh, so, um, amazing. So, um, so that kind of connection with the market is uh, oh, is there. Wow. So oh, that's lovely. So, so that, yeah, that was great. That was that yeah. was kind of uh, yeah. Did came they have a way. little homecoming? For yeah, me? oh yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. You know, I kind of came out and the press was there and it was great and family oh. and stuff. So yeah, that was really good. Yeah, coming back. So. They're very surreal coming back. Very yeah. surreal coming back yeah. after, you know, just going away. And then I came back down the full of the Thames back in and um, and came in from Dover and um, and then just followed the cycleways. And some guys that um, from the, uh, I think it's the Sustrans Kent group, they were down there and they kind of guided me through the lanes and stuff back oh. on to get me on the right way back into London and um, via Whitstable and then sort of just followed the, the Thames path in, wow. um, which was my old training route. So, um, nice. and um, which was great, you know, to come come back in you that way. You must have such a sense of euphoria. I mean, or was it, yeah. did you have a sort of, like you just collapse with exhaustion? Yeah, I mean, you're, I mean, you're so used to it after two and a half years, you're so used to just moving on every day. Yeah. The actual stopping somewhere, and but completing it as well was a dream because I dream sometimes of like, wow, will I have to actually finish this? Um, not because you're wanting to, because I had a fantastic time the whole yeah. trip. Um, but will it? Can I actually do this? Can I keep on going? What's going to happen in the future? Yeah. And when you actually complete it, it's it's yeah, mind blowing. You know, it's um, and which is great. You know, and um, to, you know, to come back and see everyone again, and which is which is great. And, yeah. Um, and like wow you know nothing's impossible no it really isn't I mean that's an incredible journey what were the what was the sort of lowest low of it did you did you do have you ever fallen off of it yeah oh yeah, yeah time. I mean on the trip very um, high. how high up are they uh well the my one is it's like um because they come in different sizes all different sizes oh, do they? yeah yeah there's no one fixed size it's how long your legs are essentially and, but the world's um, a bloody massive one, all of yeah, them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So my touring one, which is quite a small one actually, it's I mean the saddle height is just above my just sort of chest height. Is it? Yeah, no, I'm five nine, so right. it's, um, so okay. that's uh, so that's fifty inch diameter wheel, right. and okay. uh, and uh, they can go much bigger than that as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, so it's it's kind of yeah, all all different different sizes yeah. and shapes and and, and so you have when you when you fall off them, are your feet in them? You know. 
I don't, I'm not a cyclist. I don't, well, I have got a stationary one that I'm very good at, <laughs> but not going around the world one. But even the, the stationary one, I've only just got those pedals that you, <laughs> that, that clip in. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I, do you have those? I don't that? have those. No, no. no it's because, yeah. Them. I mean, some people, because we race them as well and they, they use them. Um, but you want to when you when you have your accident, it's because um, it's always going to it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And um, so what happens is because because um, you're perched on top of the of the big front wheel, yeah, there's no weight on the rear wheel, so you can't really have brakes on them properly. Because if you put a brake on, all that happens is the back wheel lifts off the ground, and tips you off the front, Ooh. and because the bars are right across your lap. You pivot over the bars and you're kind of slammed down. So Ooh. you break your wrists first, then you Ooh. break your elbows, oh. uh, then you smash your face. So, oh, um, no. so, it's, so I've done the wrists four times each and the elbows four times each, and um, and uh, so that's that's as far as I've got on that. But oh. um, so you will fall, you do fall off. But um, you're, are you bionic yeah. now? Have you got any um, pins in it? No, no, they just they they take oh they heal. They so uh, yeah, and I, I, was, I was clipped by um, a lorry in New Zealand, <gasps> and that was a wrist. That was a wrist. They did a wrist on the trip, but I'd done it a few times before, so I knew what to do. How come he clipped you? Did he not see you? Oh, they're massive. Oh, well, How I mean, did he do that? New Zealand's a fantastic, beautiful, beautiful yeah. country. Lovely people, um, cycling paradise. Other than the lorries, and um, but he clipped. He didn't stop, and um, and I went over the over the bars, and there was a like a. Um, there's a stop sign there, which I actually hit as well, oh. uh, which is quite ironic. Really, not and not luckily, stop. yeah, yeah, and knocked it over. <laughs> and the funny thing was, I kind of I checked the, the wheel wasn't bent. That was the main thing. And I picked the bike up, and this was right on the coast. There's like a sort of seawall thing there, and there's a drop down to some rocks and the and the um, and the ocean. Wow. And I picked it up, and I had my journal on top of the bars at the time. And when I picked the bike up and lent it against the the seawall, the journal fell off and fell into the sea. No. And it's like, oh, you know, I can't, not the journal. And um, and I'd done my wrist and I had to run like a hundred yards up and climb down a load of rocks and wade back along to fetch my journal. Like, luckily it was in a waterproof bag. Oh. And um, so I, I retrieved I it. But then, yeah, yeah, oh, God, yeah. And then, then come back and then have to climb up the rocks again, sort of one-handed, kind of um, <laughs> trying to journal under the arm and You're sort um, of like an indiana so. jones <laughs> but it, was, it was a bit, a bit like, oh god here we go and oh, uh, but it was yeah. yeah i got the journal back that was all right wow, and uh, just strapped the wrist up so that was that was good, fine good, so, good. so that was a fractured wrist that was so so have you you if you haven't already you should have written a book by now surely oh i think yeah it's it's under it's underway like, like lots of good projects it's Yay. underway so i mean i write all the time in the journal so yeah. i've got a quarter million words in the handwritten journals but wow, um so um that's sort of fair amount of gibberish yeah. <laughs> and um but um yeah i'm, I'm kind of yeah I'm, I'm chipping away at it slowly I mean, there's no rush you know it's no like, there's it's no like, rush you know, but it'd be yeah. so interesting so um so Such yeah i will i will get it done my mum keeps on nagging me about getting yes. it done well i'm so, gonna so. nag you now as well now <laughs> i know you've got a journal <laughs> <laughs> the secret is out so we were talking about that so i suppose uh, being hit by a lorry is quite alone almost losing your journal then trying to fetch your journal with a flappy hand that's broken yeah and uh, what about the highs what are we what are the best you know what are the nicest things about yeah, i suppose it's i mean it's one of those things lows and highs it's all sort of relative yeah i mean i loved it the whole trip mm. um and you have it's the really tough days you could call those a low but to come through them that gives you the high right yeah, so yeah. i mean tibet was my favorite country um just to get in there just because of the history of the country yeah. the beauty the wonderful people was a massive massive high but was incredibly tough to cross. Um, you're going over passes that are 15,500 feet high and the bike's got no gears and solid tyres and there's no tarmac on the road. So you, you end up doing... I mean, I'd never mountain climbed before that trip. 
um, or been at really any elevation. And I'd always wondered why, when you see climbers, yeah. why do they take these little? Why are they walking so slowly? No, and no, 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 <laughs> yeah, and when you're pushing a penny farthing over a massive pass, you're kind of you're like, that's why they walk slowly. That's why. And, yeah. and you just get to the point where you're you're taking five steps, then having to stop. And catch, your, really catch your breath hard, and you yeah. just you pick the rear wheel up and you spin it you think the wheels are seizing up or something you know because the lack of oxygen as yeah, well you can go a bit yeah. doolally and um on top of already being fairly doolally anyway and um <laughs> it's not a good thing and um you know and i had times just going over the passes and just you're just so exhausted like tears in your eyes just because you're so exhausted and and you know the part you can see the road going off into the clouds you, you know it's not just going up the local hill and it's um and it goes up and up and so what gets you through that when you're really you know when you just said that you're basically on your ass not literally but you know tears streaming down yeah. you can see the that you've got a, literally a mountain to climb. Yeah. And you're doing it like five step, tiny steps yeah. at a time. And mentally, you're all over the shop. Physically, you're a bit broken. Yeah. Literally, wrists yeah. and all sorts. What is it? What are you thinking that gets you over that? In, in, in times like that, because I mean, in Tibet especially, you've got no choice. There's not a train station, you know, there's not a bus, you yeah, know, no you, you've got no, absolutely no options. And um, by the time I got there, I'd, I'd been halfway around the world already. So, so, you know, I think if I'd gone in there cold turkey, yeah. that might have been as the first country, that would have been a probably a different kind yeah. of thing. Like, oh my God, I can't do this. Or and, some people would have gone, do you know what? I've come, I've gone halfway around the world. Yeah. And, and it's kind <laughs> so of like... So what made you not give up? Yeah. You know, well, just, just keep going. And it's kind of like, so I don't take lifts, you know, so it's kind of like I never took a lift, you know, because yeah. there are people come past, like local people in trucks and stuff. Well, if I saw a and man do crumbled some, water, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. get in the back of a van, yeah, mate, Yeah, yeah, chuck it on the back. And, and I always said no. And um, That's amazing. And, and uh, and it's kind of you just as they go off up into the clouds and their sort of truck is thinking, oh, pillock, you yeah, know. And yeah. uh, but no, keep going. And it's you just have you know, and you you prove it to yourself that you can get through it. And it's yeah. it's like a metaphor in life, you and know. Whatever whatever goes up, you get to the top, and then it's down sealed afterwards. Yeah, um, and it's yeah, yeah, and it's 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 great, you know. And it's it's tough. I mean, I had I think probably in Tibet one of the the, the toughest nights because when you camp. Um, you keep one set of dry clothes for your, for your tent so you're right. in, in dry clothes take your wet ones off so I've only got one change of clothes right. I just can't carry anymore so it was snowing so yeah, clothes are wet went in the tent had a cold very cold night um, then in the morning still sleeting snowing wet miserable um, and the altitude uh, but you have to put your wet clothes back on because oh. you don't know where you're going to stay that night no. and um, so you've got to have the dry clothes for that night so you pack up and and it was just frozen and I couldn't really ride and well I rode for about 10 minutes and then I couldn't feel my hands um, to hold on to the bars so I had to get off and start walking just just because I couldn't ride and no. um, no. there was a little Tibetan sort of uh, compacted earth cottage if you like there and there was some smoke coming out of the roof so you could know you knew there were people in there I banged on the door with my elbow and they opened this smoke filled room there's about 10 people in there and they dragged me in they knew exactly what the problem was and they sat me down in front of the big sort of wooden stove thing and they gave me a jam jar full of hot water and dried me out and it was oh. so from 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 the feeling absolutely oh my god this is this is getting dodgy now yeah, yeah. um uh to this complete sort of change and did they speak english no 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 no, no, no. They, but they, they just literally like there's, they knew. there's a cold human yeah, yeah. about to die exactly yeah we'll bring, bring him, him in, in. <laughs> that's it and um they didn't bat an eyelid at the bike outside really? they, you know and um you know and they brought me in sat me down 
and um, were fantastic and dried me out for an hour and sent me on my way. And it was, it was, and it was that, that was the thing, you know, it's, that was the mountain going up in that cold. And then that was the difference, you know, and they just sort of saved the day and um, they pulled story. me in and they were great, you know, just lovely, lovely people because they, that's the environment they live in all the time. Yeah. And, and they know, you know, like, what are you doing outside? Yeah. English people, yeah. it's like they won't leave it. Yeah, Why yeah, don't yeah. they just stay at home? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of, um, you know, and that's great. That makes, that's a good feeling from people yeah. for that, you know. And, yeah, um, and did you encounter that mostly, um, you know, part of the travels? Did you find that people actually in general are good? Yeah, oh, 99.99% of the people in the world are fantastic. Uh, you know, the news is news is always bad news but um it's not the truth of, of the world how the world is everyone's lovely everyone you cut anyone they all bleed you know we all feel the same thing we all get hungry cold hot um uh, everyone was you know pretty much everyone was fantastic and i mean i mean in, in, another story in, in china um in china because it's, it's it's so cheap um the food so you can they have all these little cafes if you like right and um, so basically they have these plastic shutters over the, the door. You just walk in, there's tables, plastic chairs, and they have fantastic food. You have a massive feed for like a pound. And um, and I love Chinese food, so it was great. And you'd go into the kitchen and, you know, because they had no menus half the time. So you'd you go through the pots, you your want. pots will make the animal noise. So you go and have a good game, <laughs> game of charades with them, to the animal noises. And um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it, you know. And, uh, and you'd have these fantastic feed all the time. And normally they have a window, so I just leave the bikes. I can always see the bike, you right, know, and yeah. um, not that there was ever any problems at all right. anywhere, really. And um, the one day I went into a smaller village, and um, I could see the plastic shutters in front of the um, of the door, and um, I love the cafe, so I but no window, so I couldn't leave the bike outside. So I just pulled the bike into the, this cafe, and um, and they're all looking surprised because everyone always does, yeah. you know, and it's in the middle of China somewhere. They're not used to Westerners, no. you know, only seen on the telly, and they always kind of like laugh at the size of your nose, and you've got hairy arms, which is really good to hear. Yeah. And, um, and got blue eyes as well, so that was kind of fun, you know. Yeah. And, um, and uh, so I lent the bike up against the wall and sort of sat down and kind of mimicked, you know, sort of... Uh, sign for like noodles yes. and um the universal and noodle that, sign. exactly yeah and the lady she was rolling some out so she had to make them uh -huh. so she was just rolling some freshly made noodles out Lovely. and i was like for chai chai for, for some tea yeah. and um and all they had was a jam jar with some hot water in and um which was absolutely fine yeah. so um so i had that and that made me a lovely meal and everything and um and at the end, it was just how, how much, you know, how much did it cost? And um, and they were looking a bit vague. And I was like, this is this is strange. You know, they're not, there's not been any other customers whilst they've been there. So and, uh, in the, <laughs> and then I realised, oh, my, hang on, there's, there's mum, there's dad, there's granny. The I just walked into someone's house oh my uh, with a penny farthing and I wear a colonial pith helmet as well. <laughs> demanded food, they fed me. And um, and uh, I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. And, and they they didn't. They were just they were so happy. And uh, so I gave them like way more than I'd normally yeah. pay. You know, and um, that's incredible. And, um, and they all waved me off down the road, and it was brilliant. You know, and it was. But like, that's a story yeah. for them forever. Well, exactly. Yeah, for me as well. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So we both benefited, and yeah. I had a great feast. So just which is lovely. That's so, so funny. So, so you literally just went into their kitchen. Yeah, pretty and, like, much. Lifted it, them up. Yeah, I mean they're like two, like a two room house, and it's kind of. Um, and Can you just imagine that happening yes. here, someone yeah. knocking on your door, just looking through your cupboard. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give me food, please. Yes. Um, yeah, it might get a slightly different reaction. You <laughs> Well, hopefully, if they knock to my door, then hopefully I'll be Not, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So exactly. It's, um, uh, That's <laughs> such a lovely thing, though. That's so lovely. And talking about, you know, you said you can always see your bike when you when you go to those things. You can always um, see. Uh, have a sight of it so you know it's not lost but has it ever been stolen no 
No, no. And then the thing is, if someone were to steal it, I'd probably know who they were already because right. because they're going to have an accident, yeah. and um, because it's the you know you can't just jump on it and ride it. Um, yeah. you have to learn how to get on, get on, and get off. So it takes like, half a day normally, but um, but yeah. and with the bags on and stuff as well, then it's even more. I just difficult, have this so. funny vision of someone trying to steal one. Actually, it would be a ridiculous thing to try. Yeah, they're going to hurt themselves, so it's um, I wouldn't have to chase Good after them. Yeah, I, I could just wait a bit and like, oh, okay, you're going to fall off. Okay, it's going to hurt you. Yeah, it's um, okay. Oh, and the bike's tough as well, so it could it can take a fall. It can a take. Yeah, a it can take a fall. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Do you ha- do you have to carry any spare things for not, it? Not really. No, I mean the um, the tires are the things that wear out. So the solid rubber tires. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I do is I, I get two normal bike tires, cut them in half, cut the sidewalls off. So I have a strip of tire and I glue it on top. So that way I don't have to carry any spare tires. Oh. So when it wears out, I just peel the remains off, go to a bike shop. A couple genius. of tires, and um, just so I don't have to carry anything. Yeah. And uh, again, in Turkey, in uh, Tanko um, Malatya, in Turkey, I was going to change the tires, and I went to a bike shop. I didn't have the bike with me. I'd stashed it in, in like a cheap hotel there, and um, I was explaining I just want to buy two tires, and they were trying to tell me, oh no, it has to be a proper size. And I said, oh, it doesn't matter. And they were like, no, no, no it really does matter. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 and it will matter. broken, no, it doesn't matter. broken English, broken Turkey, <laughs> and uh, no, no, it really doesn't matter. And um, and okay, so I chose two tyres and I paid for them. And I saw they had a, a vice there on a workbench. And because to cut the tyres in half is because they have a bit of wire bead through them. So it's, right. that's always a pain to cut through. So they could cut it for um, you. Well, so I saw he had a hacksaw and I asked if I could use the, the, the hacksaw on the tyres. And they're like, yeah. And they're all like watching me. <laughs> and I clamped the, the tyres in there and cut them in half. And I'm like, thank you. And they're like... Jesus, this man's a nutcase. Yeah. And um, and like they're, they're just all like, what are you... But they, they don't know the really? genius behind yeah. it. Well, the thing is, the next day when I left, I went back to the shop to show them the bike. And, oh, and they're like, oh, makes okay, got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so it was really cool. It was really fun. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, they might... Can you imagine just go, I'll have one of those, please, and they'll just hack it in half. That's it, yeah, yeah. That's what I do but, with I mean, my that's new all, tires. <laughs> I mean, the only other thing that breaks are spokes. And uh, I mean, I took 10 spare spokes and broke nine. Oh, wow. And, um, so I had one spare at the end, so. Yay. Um, so that, that was good. So it's a... very good planning. And so, have you got any talking about planning plans for any other trips? Because when did you do that one? That was uh, 2008? that was uh, I left in 2006 and got back at the end of 2008. Um, then I went again in beginning of 2014 to do it again, and uh, that was I only got halfway around the world that time, right? And came that was a year and a half as away that time, and um, but for th- this year. Um, I had a few ideas for this year, but obviously, like with everyone else, nothing's nothing's happening this yeah, year. So, yeah. um, so it has to be next year and yeah. see get get Christmas out of the way and see what's and see what's, what's up for next for year. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And when you say you got halfway, did you did you go in a different uh, a different way around, or did you go? You wouldn't have gone through the same countries again. No, well, a couple of them or I did. did um, um, so the first time I went east from from the UK, so I went into Europe first, right. and the idea was okay. This time I go west. So so I flew to Canada to to Toronto. And um, I've got family there, so it was, oh, it was good nice. to go through there. Yeah. And um, and the last time I, I took a sort of more southern route across the states. This time I've stayed north, went to the north across the states. Right. And um, and the idea was to go to South America, so I stayed as north as I could up into Montana. And because I'd ridden with a German guy who runs a hostel up in um, uh, East Glacier National Park right. in sort of northern Montana, and um, it's about fifteen miles from the Canadian border. And I said to him, if I ever come past, I'll come and stay in your hostel, yeah. in North Fork Hostel. And um, so I'll go and see Oliver and say hi to him. And yeah. um, 
which is way out of the way. As I was, and, I, and, was, and when I got to East Glacier National Park, it was it was like a massive snowstorm, wow. and um, so uh, so I was like, oh god, I've got all the way to the Rockies to go through in like, and it's snowing now. That's great, but it's weird the weather there because two days later it was eighty degrees. Wow, and um, so but it was, I mean it's stunning up there as well. Yeah, and then that was just then. The idea was to go all the way down through South America, but I got got as far as Ecuador, and right. um, so. Uh, but then I got robbed in Ecuador, so um, that oh. um, that they, they stole everything. So that kind of. Um, so that was a load. Yeah, not not the bike or the tent, and right. um, and the clothes as well. Not the journal. Not the journal though, because well, that had no value. That that was emptied that on the ground, and that and my passport was emptied on the ground because that visually that had um, no value no to them. Value. So no, that's um, the good thing about books. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's why I write write the <laughs> journal by yeah. write yeah. journal by hand, not if on the it's computer. On a laptop, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they took all cameras, laptop, everything yeah. else, and um, oh. even my shoes, my glasses, and and oh, I guess, no. so. Um, so, um, but they didn't take the bike and they didn't or the tent. So no. they they did all right out me though. So, yeah, so, and so. is that why you came back then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I meant to replace everything was going to kind of cut it you yeah. know kill all the um all the finance you know oh. and um and uh and it's just that you know, i wasn't going to be too keen camping um no. free camping sort of uh, for a period after that yeah. anyway so um, but um but but i did i've done i did uh, two years ago i did a lap of the first circumnavigation of iceland on a penny farthing did you yeah i did that a couple of years ago so um that was that was fantastic and last year was i did the north coast 500 around scotland which is their kind of um, their Route sixty six, which is beautiful, absolutely oh, beautiful. Bet it is, yeah, yeah, really lovely up there. So, oh, so yeah. N- next, I don't know yet. I've got to. You don't know. Yeah, there must be tons of stuff that you could still do. And you mentioned earlier racing as well. So they do penny farthing yeah, racing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Where yeah. do you, where can you do that? Um, see that. Well, in Australia, they've had it in Tasmania for oh, really? thirty years. So on that the first trip, I went via Tasmania, oh. um, so I could take part in these the, the, the penny farthing world championships they have there. Um, wow. In the UK, they have the Nuts of Great Race. It's only once every ten years, oh. um, which it should have been this year in September. So and they, um, it'll be it's going to be next year now. Yeah, yeah. So amazing. Um, and so, where is that in in Nutsford in Cheshire? And um, but after one they did ten years ago, um, a lot of people were like, we can't wait ten years. Yeah, so they seems... did. They organised their own races. Yeah, which is great. Which has kind of spawned a big like, international kind of thing now. So um, the race in Belgium. We yes. had the London Nocturne in in town as well for a few years. Yeah, I think I remember you great. saying you were doing that. And uh, so, I was, yeah. was going to go, and for some reason we didn't, which is terrible because I bet that's amazing. Yeah, that was great. We to the market. Yeah, yeah, that was that was fantastic. That, yeah. They're not doing that anymore, unfortunately. Oh, though. so um, and the Belgium. There's one in Frederick in in the US, and um, we went out and did that um, three years ago. I think it was four yeah. years ago. And um, and yeah, so it's great. You know, it's I mean, I love, I enjoy the racing a lot, but the touring's my thing. The touring, yeah. the touring is 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 great. So, yeah. um, but um, and yeah, that's that's my passion is the touring and it just really nice is. and slow and just pop along and like you know you yeah. get you get there in the end. You do, you do. And just to connect the whole thing back, so, so obviously at the beginning of this uh, chat, I was saying that um, Joff and I met at Greenwich Market, and yeah. that happened to be where you left for your world tour and came that's back. It, yeah, to, yeah, so yeah. that's that sort of connection. And then obviously we're recording this today in Custard HQ in Folkestone, Old High Street, and you're actually living down in Folkestone. Yeah, now. yeah, I moved down to, uh, ironically just before the lockdown started. So um, good timing. Yeah, yeah, well, when I came down, I made lots of walks. Everything was closed though. Yeah, so, um, yeah. But it's all open now, so I'm enjoying yeah. Folkestone. Lovely, I like it. Yeah, it's a big beautiful. creative quarter here. 
and it's lovely the seafront's lovely lots of cycling here and um yeah very friendly people and yeah, yeah really enjoy it down here so yeah. which is which is great and um and um yeah gonna start looking for a workshop now and that's yes. the thing so to... if anyone if anyone in Folkestone knows of a, a, a big tall building as you yeah well yeah a reasonable <laughs> tall yeah yeah like a nice barn farmer's barn anything like that that would be perfect yeah, yeah, yeah. Or that's it that's it to build penny farthings in that would be fantastic yeah yeah if you've got a spare one that's going uh going begging and uh don't mind joff making some noise in there occasionally doing uh making penny farthings for the world that's it yeah yeah that's it that's it's a, it's a growing it's a growing it's a growing niche sport. it is yeah. perhaps you could start a folkestone penny farthing race yeah it could do i had one in eastbourne but um so, amazing yeah up and down the seafront that'd be great oh yeah. that would be a great search especially with the drop off from the, <laughs> on, the, on the sea wall that'd be good tight, make... tight in with one of those what are those um he- uh, not helicopters the plane ones where everyone makes their own wings and jumps off the harbor oh the red ball kind of the, yeah yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. Penny farthing yeah, yeah. yeah. just to drop off the end of the pier yeah. there'll be there'll be plenty dropping off i think so it's um so I've got more things to break, so, so. Yes. I think really we've discovered quite a bit about you, Joff. The only thing I would say is um did you as a as a as a child were you mad on bikes? No, none at all. No so mo- motor racing. Motor it was ra- the motor racing. Absolutely and motor racing. Racing, it. racing, racing. And uh, well it's because um that's how I came to Greenwich originally. Um about the same time when I was working for myself, um some old family friends, I've known since I was a kid, they had a stall in Greenwich Craft Market. And at the time Mine was my world was engineering, motor racing, and um, but up in the the uh, museum in Greenwich, got the Harrison clocks, and my my idea of a craft market was like, oh, Granny's making doilies and stuff. Yeah, wrong with that. Yeah. And um, but that's not what Granny did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, and I I came up with them one day just to go and see the Harrison clocks in in the mu- in the museum, and but then the market was like, wow, this is this is great. Everyone making stuff with creatives. It's, it's so it? cool. Yeah. And um, I thought. I could have a stall here. So about two weeks later, I, I had a stall and I was doing watches, making watches for the first first thing. Um, oh, very basic yeah. things, just putting new... Um, I was uh, machining down old 10Ps, um, I think they were, and um, with the dates and and putting them in the watch faces. Oh, and, amazing. Um, I didn't know that. And um, so donkey years ago that was. And, um, and yeah, and then just loved it and, and did more and more of the market and less yeah. and less of the motor racing stuff and um, the engine building and until I just did the markets after that and then the bikes kind of came in later as well yeah. so all the same similar sort of time yeah and I'm a big kind of change just from that random trip up to town really yeah. so um that's incredible which is yeah which is weird how things happen there. <laughs> you've got, you got to go out and see stuff <laughs> it, you really have to and trust people and do yeah, I mean, yeah, the, yeah, yeah I think the the most heartwarming thing about your story is you know, a doing something that you're passionate about, and despite it being so difficult, I mean, what you must have had to deal with, you know, but just going, okay, I'll do this a step at a time, a step at a time. Um, and I think, you know, like I've said before, so many people think, oh, you know, I'm going to travel around the world or I want to do this, and it seems so far away because it is. Yeah. But the the reality of life is that everything really worthwhile is difficult and quite yeah. far away. Oh, but absolutely. Yeah. By a series of really tiny steps. Yeah. You can get there, yeah, and, and you can do it. Totally. And the first step is the hardest one. Yes, the but decision to so, do it. Exactly. So many people won't take that first step. Yeah. Just take the first one. You don't know which way the road's going to fork. No. It'll take you where it's going to take you. And that's the beauty but, of it. Yeah, absolutely. But just take the first step. That's all you've got to do. 
Brilliant. You've been amazing, Joff. I knew you would be. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you very much. Very kind of you. <laughs> but um, yeah, so if you want to hear more real folk, um, do take a look at my website, um, joeburk.com. The podcast will be on there and you'll be able to hear um, other amazing stories along with Joff's. And if you want to check out Joff's website again, it's, it's uh, pennyfarthingworldtour.com or Instagram or YouTube at Joff Summerfield. There you go. I, I recommend you check it out. So uh, thanks very much again, John. My pleasure. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. (laughs) That was wonderful. Thanks for listening to Real Folk with me, Joe Burke.